Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster Rebecca Adams and are not based on the advice of a licensed therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned, never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Welcome, everybody, to Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Hope everybody's been having a great October. Only a few more days, well, I guess just under a week until Halloween, where we're going to have our second full moon in the month. It's crazy. Halloween falling on a Saturday. There's a full moon, and it's considered a blue moon since it's the second one of the month. So I do not know what is going to, you know, what's going to (laughs) happen. At this point in time, with the way 2020 is, you know, it's it's hard to say. Let's hope that werewolves do not come out on Halloween night like uh, Thriller, you know. Darkness falls across. I love Vincent Price. Now I'm going to have to go watch one of his movies because now that's on my mind. I could just watch the Thriller video. That'd be okay, too. Fall in October is my favorite time of the year, so... I'm having a great time with decorations at work. I sit at my desk and on Pandora, I have all the Halloween music. You know, the 60s really had a lot of, you know, the surfer music people. They, you know, they did a lot of Halloween music back then. You know, it was really cool. So, you know, listening to the theme to the Munsters or the Adams Family. (laughs) And then, of course, Thriller will come on or Ghostbusters or somebody's watching me. And, of course, I have my own little mix for my phone as well. So I'm listening to it in the car or listening to it as I walk. And, you know, then after Halloween, then we got to switch it over to Christmas. Yes, not quite in early November, but late November. I mean, my husband likes to decorate for fall in August and he's ready to decorate for Christmas now but I'm like dude now that there there's limits here we already pushed the boundaries but come on (laughs) today I'm going to be reading a story from Deborah it is a little bit short so I wanted to um, read an article first because I found it interesting now I don't know if I've ever shared with you um, but I you know I have ADHD Or maybe it's just ADD, but when I was little, I was pretty darn hyper. And I remember people telling me, if you can sit still for one minute, I'll give you a quarter. I couldn't do it. And I've always wondered about, you know, the whole thing and me screwing around because I just get bored or whatever. I just couldn't feel um, content in whatever I'd been doing. You know, I got myself in trouble by, you know, doing things I wasn't supposed to do. And so I've always kind of wondered about it uh, myself, and I intentionally, even to this day now, keep myself so busy that I don't have time to get bored, because I worry, um, 
that I could get myself into trouble again. And not that I'm looking to get myself into trouble by any means, but I also know how things came about in the past. And so that is why you find me working a full-time job, you know, another really small part-time job from home, and I'm reading all the books, and I'm doing all the podcasts, and of course, taking care of the home, the household, and doing everything I can just to keep super busy. And then I bite off more than I can chew. But, you know, I, when I do have downtime, thankfully, my mind isn't going places it's not supposed to. Um, probably because I am working so deeply in infidelity situations. Um, but uh, I think back to those days, and I found an article, and it's called Adult ADHD and Infidelity, Getting Past the Affair and Emerging Whole. And I just thought this was kind of interesting, and hopefully you guys will too. Um, it was on the ADHDrollercoaster.org website, and it was written by Gina Para, and she's it's something about all about AD, adult ADHD, especially relationships. So this is what she said. There's a whole book on it um, about getting past an affair, but this is um, just an article about it. And it says, is there an association between adult ADHD and infidelity? When there is infidelity, how do you get past it? The simple answer to the first question is maybe. The second question, how to get past it, you'll find an excerpt from what I and many couple therapy experts consider the best book on the topic, ADHD and Infidelity, A Mixed Picture. My ADHD partner surveyed queried the topic of ADHD and infidelity. Some quick highlights. Most respondents said that their ADHD partners were very committed to the relationship. A small minority reported that their ADHD partners were having affairs. And a small minority reported that they had had affairs. Why? They reported feeling neglected and alone even living with their ADHD partner. Below, you will find an excerpt on one of the most respected books moving on from infidelity in a healthy way. The classic guide is co-written by experts whose research in the couple therapy field proved key uh, to our new ADHD-focused couple therapy model. I had the pleasure of communicating with one of these highly respected authors and researchers, Douglas K. Snyder, Ph.D., he graciously provided this endorsement of our new book and then allowed me to share the excerpt. In Getting Past the Affair, I found the first chapter provided a useful overview of their program. It is so clearly and compassionately written. Most of all, it takes you by the hand, detailing how and when to move forward past the affair. The authors explain how to move deliberately and with reflection at each stage. Please note, I am not the Gina referenced in the opening paragraph. Here is the excerpt from that. Susan sat motionless in front of the computer. She didn't know how long she'd been there and just stared at the screen in disbelief. Quote, I can't wait to be with you again. Last time was incredible. I still can't find my bra. End quote. Someone named Gina had written those words to her husband. She'd been searching for a friend's address when she discovered a series of emails to Michael with sexually suggestive subject lines. Susan could hardly absorb what she'd read. Her brain had turned off and she felt numb. In one brief moment, her life changed forever. 
she felt utterly destroyed. If you've discovered that your partner has had an affair, you'll probably know how Susan feels. Waves of painful emotion can make it hard to put one foot in front of the other and just go about your daily business. The barrage of conflicting thoughts about how this could have happened and the haunting flashbacks and questions about what actually did happen may be so distracting that you can't get anything done. When you think about how you're supposed to react as a woman scorned or the betrayed man, the only solution that comes to mind are the type of soap opera cliches you've always laughed at. So what are you supposed to do? We wrote this book to walk you through an agonizing time in your life and lead you to the answers that's best for you. The best answer for you may not prove to be the best answer for your partner, and certainly not for the couple down the street, but each of you has a chance to move on in a healthy way. Moving on in a healthy way means recovering personally from the affair so that you can pursue the future you want. It means knowing enough about what happened and why it happened to make a wise decision about whether to stay together or part. It means protecting yourself from being hurt again without carrying the backbreaking and the heartbreaking burden of anger and suspicion or guilt and shame for the rest of your life. The key is the adage, everything in its time. In this book, you'll find a chronological process that has helped hundreds of our clients move on from an affair in a healthy way. It's methodical, but it's a flexible program, and we know it works because it's based on the only treatment for infidelity that has been scientifically evaluated, a treatment grew out of more than 50 years of our collective clinical experience and that we've taught to other therapists for the past decade. Besides being university professors and researchers, all three of us are clinical psychologists and therapists who specialize in working with couples having relationship difficulties, infidelity being one of our major areas of work. We've also written numerous articles and conducted frequent workshops for therapists in the United States and abroad on helping couples who are struggling to recover from an affair. All this experience has gone into the program you'll read about here. The most important task, get through your day with your partner without making things worse or letting the rest of your life fall apart. Why do this work? To emerge whole. Why should you undertake this work, especially when you're feeling so beaten down by the trauma of the affair? Because the issues you're wrestling with right now won't go away with time. If you simply try to wait out the pain or tackle problems and issues in the wrong order, you can easily make decisions you'll regret you can certainly end up with unresolved hurt and anger. Right after an affair is revealed, the most important tasks are to find a way to cope with the emotional turmoil and to know how to get through the day with your partner without making things worse or letting the rest of your life fall apart. Then, and only then, should you start to take a close look at your partner, yourself, and your history together. You do this so that you can figure out what made your relationship vulnerable to an affair and how you could change things in the future so that this marriage or a future one is on more solid ground. But this is work you should do to whatever extent you feel able. Our experience has shown conclusively that this is the best way to emerge whole after an affair. Following the program in this book will leave you with a new understanding of yourself and your partner. You may emerge with a new view of what it means to be in a committed relationship and what the ideal partner looks like. And though you may not believe it right now, if it turns out to be what you want, you very well may could end up with a relationship that's stronger and better than it was before the affair.
who can benefit from this book. And a side note, I'm not trying to push this book by any means. I just like what they points that they're bringing up. So that's why I'm sharing it. Uh, it just happens to be about a book. And maybe you would like the book. I don't know. <laughs> who can benefit from this book? This book is for anyone who has experienced an affair. Currently, 20% of men and 10% of women engage in sexual infidelity at some point in their lives. And nearly 45% of men and 25% of women when emotional non-sexual affairs are included. An affair involves violating expect the expectations or standards of a relationship by becoming emotionally or physically involved with someone else, no matter what word you use to define it. You may think of this event in your life as an affair, infidelity, betrayal, outside involvement, tryst, one-night stand, or something else, depending on its duration or intensity, and whether it was primarily sexual, primarily emotional, or, as is the case, uh, usually both. You stand to gain from this book, whether the affair was just revealed or you've been struggling with it for some time. The book will help you recover, whether you're the injured partner, the one who did not have an affair, or the participating partner, the one who did. When we say you here and in the rest of the book, most of the time means the injured party. Another side note, as you know, I typically are, you know, supporting working with people who were the wayward partner. Again, I just felt this, uh, you know, article was interesting. Okay. Whew. Our work has shown that injured partners are generally more traumatized by an affair than participating partners. Therefore, they're likely, most likely to seek help. That's why we address you in particular through the most of this book. But at times, we'll also address the person who had the affair and we'll make it clear when doing so, as well as the two of you as a couple. We need to talk to your partner, too. We know from our work that you stand the best chance of emerging whole and healthy when you both gain a full understanding of what happened. You can benefit from doing work in this book, whether you do it alone or with your partner. How should you use this book? You can benefit from doing work in this book, whether you do it alone or with your partner. Didn't it just say that up there? It did. It just repeated it. Sorry. <laughs> it wasn't me. It's what I'm reading. If your partner reads it too, you will be the beneficiary. That's even true if you work through it separately. Participants in the affair need to be honest with themselves about whether they're ready to end all involvement with the outside person. They need to figure out how to express care for their partner once the affair is over, as well as remorse. That's a biggie. It's important that they understand why they ended up getting involved in an affair. If your partner explores these issues, trust and intimacy may grow between you again. Ideally, both you and your partner will read each chapter and work through the program. You can do much of the suggested work separately, yet some of it involves having conversations or engaging in activities together that will help you move forward. Still, we know that reality is rarely ideal. You may end up working through this book alone for different reasons. Maybe your partner is one of those who really don't like self-help books, or perhaps your partner refuses to discuss what happened, or possibly you've ended your relationship because of an affair, but you want to explore the experience on your own. That's a wise move. There's plenty of research, including our own, that suggests that if a traumatic relationship events such as an affair aren't addressed adequately, their negative impact could affect future relationships. If you have children with your partner, reading this book may help you resolve lingering resentments that might otherwise spill over into your co-parenting relationship and negatively affect your children. 
and I'm witness to that, that is for sure. As a couple or solo, whether for these reasons or any other reasons you plan to use this book on your own, your personal insights and increased understanding will put you in a better position to decide what to do about the future of your relationship if you're still with your partner. Moreover, once you learn to think about the affair and approach your life differently, you can change your relationship even if your partner isn't involved in making the same efforts. Although two people working together to make changes are often more effective than one, even one is better than none. So read this book for yourself and for your relationship, current or future. If you're involved in individual counseling while reading this book, share what you're reading with your counselor. Together, explore how this material applies to you. We've presented the chapters in the order that has been most helpful to the couples we've counseled. The chapters generally build on each other. If certain questions, however, seem particularly important to you, go ahead and read in whatever order you wish. What will you gain? From all the couples we've ushered through the process, we know that your first challenge is to deal with the initial devastation by avoiding further damage and managing essential tasks in the home. The article does continue on, but I am going to stop at this point, and in the episode notes, you will find the remaining uh, information. Well, you will find a link to the original article, and then this is where they go on about um, coping with immediate trauma, um, examining the factors, and moving forward, and then my whole point here, have you experienced adult ADHD and infidelity? How do you suspect ADHD, probably unrecognized or poorly managed, might have played a role? If you and your partner worked past it, how did you do it? And then she asks people to share comments. So um, access to that will be in the episode notes, like I mentioned, so you can finish reading this article. So the other day, I came across this great podcast that I think you guys should definitely check out. The Pop Culture Show is one of the top pop culture podcasts with the most amazing guests, hilarious segments, and the best part, they have some incredible giveaways. The show has three hosts, Barnes, Leslie, and Cubby, and this group has quite the experience. They have been in radio and television for many years, and so they have a ton of connections to reel in the guests that other podcasts, such as my very own, do not have access to. But oh my God, this month, the Pop Culture Show is giving away a free, yes, free four-night stay at one of the best resorts in the Caribbean, Cap Maison Resort and Spa. Man, I want to go... All you have to do to get qualified to win is to simply listen to the Pop Culture Show. New episodes drop weekly on Mondays at 10 a.m. You can subscribe to the Pop Culture Show, just like me, on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio app, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Hear the latest celebrity news, funny observations from the world of pop culture, and laugh with an all-around fun podcast. The Pop Culture Show. Check it out today. Visit thepopcultureshow.com for more information on that free vacation. We need to get started with Deborah's story, which we will start now. Hello, I saw you post in a group before, and I've been wanting to message you for a while. I have and am cheating on my husband. A little backstory first. I grew up in a very religious atmosphere, Pentecostalism to be exact. I was also homeschooled. As you can guess, I was raised to save myself for my husband. So that is what I intended to do as a Christian and someone who wanted to follow God's word. 
I remember that as a teenager is when I really started having urges and exploring my body. Of course, I felt guilty even about that, but I learned that there was no way I could stop because the urges were too strong. Being homeschooled and going to church, I was never really around boys, so I never had the opportunity to lose my virginity. When I turned 19, I started working, and I started college when I was 21. Even though I was getting to explore the world a little more, I knew I still had to save myself for marriage. I dated a guy and we did stuff without going all the way because I liked how it felt and I could still say I was a virgin. Well, I finally lost my virginity when I was 23. I decided I didn't like the guy I was with and started seeing another one. The new guy took his shot and taking my virginity and scored that one. He was really into me and I was into him. During the time I was dating him, I would get lectured and interrogated every night when I went back home because I needed to not spend so much time with a boy and I needed to keep myself pure. It even got a little physical sometimes. My stepmom would grab me and shake me and even hit my head with one of my shoes. I was terrified of her. She would have done a lot more except I would shut down and not do or say anything in fear that the situation would escalate. Every night she tried to find out if I had sex or not. I knew I was but would never tell and I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing it and I felt guilty. I was scared I was going to hell. This guy decided that I was the girl he needed to marry, and I didn't think I was ready for marriage, but I knew I had to get married if I was going to continue having sex, so I did marry him. I was still new to the world, and I knew nothing, but it got me out of my parents' house and saved me from going to hell. Fast forward, and I'm experiencing life outside of my parents' home and life as an adult finally. After only three years of marriage, I've come to realize that I'm not in love, but I had to stick to my decision of marriage anyway. This past May, I made an account on an app specifically for hooking up. My husband and I don't have sex anymore because I resent him. I'm not attracted to him and I feel nothing with him, but I was longing to feel something with somebody. Being a flight attendant, affairs are easy. I met a guy in Seattle on this app. This guy is nine years older than me and has an actual career and is very attractive. My husband has yet to find a career. It's something he struggles with and I'm not sure why. Well, I finally met up with this guy this past June and I finally had sex with someone else. I don't want to jump the gun, but I feel connected with him. He seems crazy about me too, and I know guys are guys, and I'm not sure I'm not the only girl he's seeing. Not that I could complain if I'm not. So, I go to Seattle overnight quite often and spend the night with him. We are all over each other the entire time, and I hate leaving. I miss him so much when I'm not there. I only meant to have a hookup, but I care for him. Thank you, Deborah, for sending that in and, and being very straightforward about your past growing up. And I've, I've had um, several stories, even from the men's side, a couple of them actually from the men's side, that grew up in very similar households where um, they were threatened with hell if they, you know, 
had sex prior to marriage because of their religion. And yes, they do talk about, you know, saving yourself or it's a sin to live with your boyfriend before you're married and all of those types of things. Um, but I'm a Christian and, you know, I know Jesus loves everybody and I, and I don't understand why some religions are so, so hard on people. I mean, it's like really t- twisted and sometimes I think that people f- don't read the Bible really and what it really, really says about people. Maybe it's the Old Testament. I don't know. But the New Testament, no, in the Old Testament, they even had polygamy stuff going on and um, homosexuality, um, you know, prostitution. I mean, there's all sorts of things and Jesus loves. So um, I know that that had to have been hard and you were trying to do the right thing, but you're also dealing with natural um, changes in our bodies and our lives and our wants and our needs. And so, you know, I, I can understand. And, and, you know, it's heartbreaking that you're in this marriage and, you know, hopefully, hopefully maybe you should just, hopefully maybe if that's even real words, but I hope for you, you're able to find, whether it be with your husband, um, to be able to get back together with him that way, or be done with your marriage and move on. Um, don't consider it a failure. You were trying to do what was right at the time and the pressure with your family and everything. And, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. And so rather than, you know, having me a fair and, and all of that, maybe things with the Seattle guy will work out and you can just have a change in life. Then that way your husband can move on and you can move on and, and all of that. And, uh, you know, sometimes, especially women, I find that, uh, you know, they want to maybe hook up just for sex, but, um, majority of the time, there's so much more there. Uh, women were very emotional, especially, you know, I mean, we can have sex, but you get real connected to the man. It's, it's different for women than men. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's black and white. But there's definitely more common that women are going to get more emotionally involved uh, when it comes to affairs and sex and men can be a little bit more Uh, not emotional about it. And I don't know exactly the science behind it. You know, people say, and I've brought it up before, it could be, you know, the caveman spread the seed, you know, and the women are the nurturing, uh, take care of the family. I want to love you and take care of you. So um, anyways, I just hope the best for you because it's obvious you are not happy with the way your life is at home. And so you deserve happiness. Your husband deserves happiness. And wherever you find it, I really wish you the best. And I really appreciate you sending me your story. Keep in touch. Let me know how things are going. I would appreciate it. And thank you all for tuning into today's episode and listening to Deborah's story. If you have a story you would like to share about being unfaithful to your husband or boyfriend, and you want to kind of get it out there, people tell me all the time, writing out their stories are so therapeutic. For Patreon, you know, is where we have the men's stories. And I hear it even a lot from them. They're angry and they're hurting from what their wives had done, but they send in their story and they say, oh, man, it actually felt good to get it out. And um, so, 
you know, it's it's it could be it could be helpful for you as well. So if you want to send me that or if you're a man listening and your wife cheated on you or you've been unfaithful and you need to talk about it, you know, everybody, please feel free to shoot me an email. You're welcome to submit your story and I can provide a story guide to help form the story if you're not sure where to start. Um, if you even have suggestions for Midweek Ponder. And in case somebody who's listening to this um, isn't familiar with when I talk about Patreon, you know what, that's just a, um, it's it's part of the podcast, but it's kind of like a premium subscription. It is $3 a month plus tax, and that's considered a pledge. And you get two extra episodes a month, you get early access, you get my blooper reel, which results in a lot of F words. Um, And it helps support the podcast because it's not free for me to do this. You know, there's no charge on the main platforms. That's what we put out. But, you know, there are still charges and fees that I pay for because I want to put this out. But when people sign up on Patreon, it helps. It just helps cover those costs. Um, On my website, Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, that's where you can go to sign up uh, for Patreon. You can vote for me to keep me on the Hot 50 podcasts because it's all by listener votes and fans. um, And that's in the podcast magazine, but you can click on the link um, in my menu. And you can vote for me there. It only takes a second. There's also a link directly to the no judgment merch store where you can pick up no judgment gear for yourself, coffee mug, maybe a journal to write in. And it's very simple. And it's very Uh, true, um, because it just says no judgment on the front of each of those items. And it's something that you can keep to yourself. And people might ask, well, what is that about? Eh, You don't have to tell them, you know, it's something that you can just kind of keep for yourself. Um, And, you know, only friends of the podcasts will truly know what it means. Um, But you can also email me there or listen to stories or read a blog or whatever you'd like. So, that's raw truth stories of female infidelity.com. And my email is Rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. I love to hear from you all. And um, I appreciate all the support so far. Um, just as I started recording these episodes this evening, um, I hit 50,000 downloads, which is a huge accomplishment. So this has been quite a week. Um, I'm recording these a little bit early because I'm going to be going out of town and I don't want to miss putting out my episodes to you guys. And so I'm recording this one in early October, believe it or not. And it's not going to even go out until October, what, 25th or something like that. I have to look at the calendar, but towards the end of October there, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th. Yes, the 25th. And, um, so yeah, it's been a crazy week of the hot 50 and then um, getting my 50,000 downloads and um, I was put in an article um, on you know influencers um, uh, an article with storytelling and being an influencer Um, the interview that I did um, with the better yourself podcast came out as well and my merch store I mean all these things just kind of like happened this week and my head is like (sighs) (laughs) But I have all of you to thank for all of this. And so I really appreciate each and every one of you. I will quit babbling now and I will call it a night. I hope you guys have a great day. Be kind to one another, please. And always remember, no judgment. Goodbye. Goodbye.